us that he'll be seen in all that we do and give him all the honor and the praise and the glory. And it's in his precious name, the name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody said amen. Um, now, while you're turning to Psalm 134, we'll, we'll, we're going to have several scriptures here in just a moment. But if I said to you, if I said to you, stick them up, stick them up. Oh, and they probably, yeah, now let's don't put, let, let's go ahead and put that, uh, if we could, that uh, 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 video up there. Not video, it's a slide of the sticking them up. If I said to you, stick them up, what would you do? What would you do? And the baby said amen again. There you go. What would you do? You'd, you'd put your hands up, wouldn't you? Is that right? What does stick them up mean? It means put your hands up. And so today, I want to talk about lifting our hands to the Lord in worship. Now, I've never taught a message on this subject. I've taught about laying hands on the sick. How many of you know the Lord's still in the healing business, isn't he? And lay hand, the Bible says that the believer lay hands on the sick, they'll recover. The Bible also talks about laying hands upon people for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And of course, the Bible talks about laying hands on folks to bless people. But, um, and we see Jesus laid his hands upon the little children and blessed them. But I've never taught a message about raising our hands in, in uh, uh, a church service or in worship to the Lord. And of course, there's no pressure on anyone to ever do that. But I was raised in, in a Baptist church. And uh, now in the Baptist church, at least the Baptist church that I attended and most of them that I've, I've visited, and thank God for the Baptist, see. I, I'm, and people ask me, they want to know what, what I am or what kind of church this is. Well, I guess we'd say non-denominational, you know. But uh, I always tell them Bapticostal, you know, because we're right in the middle between a Baptist and a Pentecostal, you know. I'm just a Baptist that got baptized with the Holy Spirit, you know. But the important thing is that you're born of the Spirit. Is that right? That you've made, you repented of your sins, made Jesus the Lord of your life. And, and that's the most important thing. But uh, because that'll keep you out of hell, put you in heaven. Is that right? But you see, in the Baptist church, at least the one that I came out of and the ones that, that I have any affiliation with or knew anything about, we never raised our hands during the worship service. In fact, we did very little at all during the worship service, and, and I'm not putting anyone down. I, I, I was a Baptist, and, and glad to come out of the Baptist church. It's a great church, and they get a lot of people saved. But in the Baptist church, uh, I noticed, as I recall, as I looked around, people typically, particularly the ushers and whatnot, would stand like this with their hands. And if you were Southern Baptist, I noticed sometimes they'd, they, they'd do this, you know. But, but the hands never went really above the waist. And I remember the first time I attended a church... Where, they, where, they, where they'd raise their hands in worship to the Lord, it freaked me out. I mean, it totally and completely freaked me out. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what these people were doing. And actually, the thought went through my mind, maybe the pastor does have a gun down there in front and you know, stick them up, maybe get an offering out of them or something like that. But I didn't know what in the world was, was going on. I'd never seen anything like that. And, uh, and the Bible, as we'll see in just a moment, is full of scriptures concerning raising our hands in worship to, to the Lord. And uh, I remember as I continued to attend this uh, uh, church, it was 
what we call a charismatic church, you know, and they'd raise their hands to the Lord in worship. And, uh, of course, it was hard for me to do because I just never was... Uh, very demonstrative in anything, you know, or, uh, and so I would go to that church and guess where my hands went? They went right there in the pockets, you know. And then finally, in the process of time, because the pastor was far more bold than I am, and he'd tell the people, he'd say, raise your hands to the Lord, get your hands on up there, you know, stick them up. And uh, so, so in the process of time, you know, I'd got my hands out of my pockets, you know, and then, and then I got my hands to the, to the, uh, from the Southern Baptist to the plain old Baptist, you know, and, <laughs> and then in the process of time, I got my hands where I'd go like this, you know, in a worship service. And, 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 and a lot of it was, I, did, I was concerned really what it was, I was concerned about what people would think of me, you know. And, uh, uh, you know, when we worship the Lord, we, we need not be concerned what people think about us, you know. And so then I'd get my hands up a little, you know, a little bit higher, you know, and as, as time went on. And then finally, you know, I'd get my hands about right here. And, and uh, I, I remember I was in a, in a certain church. It wasn't the one that I was attending, but I went to another church. And I remember I had my hands about right here one time. And I'd gotten that far, and, you know, and uh, about halfway up. And I remember the preacher, it was a rather large church, he, he, he said, you know, he, he talked about this just briefly, and, and, and he said, you know, anything that's flying at half mass indicates that there's something what? Something dead. So, you know, I went ahead and got, got my hands on up there the rest of the way. And, and then, and then uh, from that time on, it's, it's been easier for me, you know, to raise my hands and worship to the Lord. Now, uh, we'll say some things about this as we go. And I don't want anyone to think that if you're not raising your hands that you're not worshiping. We'll say more about this as we go. But I thought I'd share this. Uh, there's a chart that I have. Uh, and, and there's a comedian that, that, that talks about, the, and this is supposed to be funny now, so... We're going to be funny here and then we'll get real serious in a minute. But this is just kind of a funny thing. If you're a rookie hand raiser, see rookie? And, and you see, this is what you call the elbow flap, you see, where you just kind of keep your hands in here and, and do that. I, I did that for a while, you know. And then, and then this is called carry the TV, you know, like this. And then as you go on, I guess you spread it out and call, that's called go big screen, you know. And you'll see people in worship services, you know, like I was one day with their hands in their pockets. And then they'll go like this and then maybe a little bit further out. Now that's what the rookies do. Now we'll move to the intermediate, you know. Uh, they'll, and this is called my fish is this big. You know, and if you're a liar, I guess like the comedian says, you know, you, you do that. And then, and then uh, the next one is hold my baby. Well, I did some of that here today, you know, holding a baby. And then, and then that last one is Mufasa. Now, if you've never seen The Lion King, you wouldn't know what that's about. But that's how they, they held up the lion, you know, little baby Mufasa, you know, in The Lion King. And you'll see people that'll do those sorts of things, you know, when they raise their hands to the Lord. And, and that, so this is meant to be humorous, intermediate. And then the next one, what do we call, then this is advanced, you see. If you're advanced hand raiser, this one here, they call that the dueling uh, uh, dueling light bulbs, I guess it is. I guess you have your hands up. Now, you'll see this a lot of times in Pentecostal churches. You know, you get in there, you'll see hands, you know, going like that. And then, <laughs> and then you'll have this next one, which is called the goal post, you know. And sometimes a person will put their hand over their heart or whatever, and that's called, a, what's that called, a heartburn. You know, this is meant to be funny. Now, I have seen this next one, a pointer. Have you ever seen a pointer in the church service, you know? That'd be a point, and, 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 and we're not making fun of anybody at all, you know. Uh, and, then the next, and then the next one is the hatchet. Now, I can honestly say I've never seen the hatchet. I've never seen
seen that. But I have seen the schoolroom. I'm kind of a schoolroom, you know. If you watch me worship the Lord, I'll kind of schoolroom. I guess that's because I was a school teacher all those years. And a lot of times I'll tend, when I'm not walking real close with the Lord as I should, have you ever got kind of get busy and you're not walking as close as you should? And you'll notice in church service, maybe my hand will go halfway. And anything that's fine, half mass is what? So, so, well, you know what, you, you understand what we're saying. And then, and then, but then if you're, uh, what's the next one we have? If you're an expert, no, back, there you go. If you're an expert, no, no expert. There, there you go. You got the village people. I guess that's from that YMCA song. And then you get Rocky, little Sylvester Stallone there. And then you, for all you football, do you see a lot of this during touch, uh, during football season? A lot of the fellows that, you know, they'll do the, they'll do the touchdown with their hand. But, so that's meant to be funny. But there is a serious side to worshiping the Lord and raising your hands. Notice in Psalm 134 verse 2, there's much in the Bible about this. So I just thought I'd open this up and be a little bit humorous with you. But there's a very serious side to this. Notice here in Psalm 134, verse 2. Notice what the Bible says. Psalm 134, verse 2. It says, lift up your hands. Where? That would be in the, in the church, wouldn't it? And what are you lifting up your hands to do? If you read on there, what does it say? To do what? Bless to bless the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary... And bless the Lord. Now notice, if you would, because the Bible's very clear there, but let's get several scriptures on this. Psalm 63, verse 4. Let's go there. Psalm 63, verse 4. I'll give you a moment to turn in your Bibles. Psalm 63, verse 4. Notice what the Bible says. Thus I will bless you. This is talking about blessing the Lord. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my what? My hands. So I'll lift up my hands in your name. So when we lift our hands to the Lord, we need to be blessing the Lord and we also need to be sure that we're doing it in the name of Jesus. We're doing it under the Lord Jesus. Can you say amen to that? So we're not just lifting our hands to be lifting our hands. We're, we're doing it as worship unto the Lord. And we're doing it in his name. Now, notice Psalms 141 verse 2. Psalms 140, and we'll get to the New Testament here in a minute. Psalm 141 verse 2. Psalm 141 verse 2. Let my prayer be set before you. So this is in the context of prayer, you know, and worship unto the Lord. Let my prayer be set before you as incense. The what? The lifting up of my hands as the evening what? What's that next? As a what? Sacrifice. You know, it, it, it really is, uh, uh, it can be for a lot of people a real sacrifice to lift their hands to the Lord. You know, the Bible says we ought to present our body as a living sacrifice unto him. Is that right? Holy and without blemish. And, and one way that we do that is by lifting our hands up to the Lord. It's, it's, it's showing that a, a, a form of sacrifice unto him. 
Now notice, if you would, the book of Lamentations, chapter 3, verse 41. I just want to give you several scriptures along these lines. Lamentations 3.41. Lamentations 3.41. Now I'll give you a moment to, to find that. Lamentations 3.41. And, and I want to camp on this verse for just a moment. Let us, let us, this is Lamentations now. Let's go to Lamentations. Lamentations chapter 3 verse 41. Lamentations chapter 3 Verse 41. Do you all have that in your Bibles? What, what two books is that between? She's a Bible expert on. What two books is that between? Do you know? Did you find it? Where is it at? What, what's right before it? Jeremiah. What's right after it? Ezekiel. There. I, this, my daughter-in-law, she can quote them books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. She's real good at that. All right. So what does it say? Let us... Now notice this. The reason I wanted to get this up on the screen is because I want to camp on this. Let us lift our what? Hearts. Our what? Our hearts. Let us lift our hearts and hands to God in heaven. Do you know there's a whole lot of people that will lift their hands to the Lord, but they don't lift their hearts? Lifting your hands is meaningless if your heart's not in it. I said lifting your hands is meaningless if your heart's not in it. And I've watched this over, over the many years that people will come to church, you know, and, and, and over many years, even long before we started this, this, this church. Uh, and, uh, but even in this church... Many places I've watched that people will, they'll come to church. Oh, we bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. And they'll lift their hands up, you know. But guess what? They'll go out right after the service and they'll talk bad about somebody. They'll go out after the service and they'll gossip. They'll go out after the service and they'll backbite. They'll go out after the service and they'll turn an R-rated movie on with all kinds of cussing in it. All kinds of sexual promiscuity in it. But yet they'll come to church and raise their hands to the Lord. Now, they're raising their hands, but their hearts aren't what? Hearts aren't in it. Did you get what I just said? The Lord's not so much interested in our hands as he is in our hearts. I said the Lord's not so much interested in our hands as he is in our hearts. First, he's interested in our heart, what's in our heart. Then, then we raise our hands up to him, then, then, then it's a blessing to him. But uh, the Bible says in another verse that if we regard sin in our heart, that when we pray, the Lord won't hear us. Is that right? Is that correct? So if, you're, if you've got sin in your life, practicing sin, that you, you know, there's things there that, that shouldn't, now none of us are perfect, you understand that. But if there's something in your life that should not ought to be there and you don't deal with it, you don't repent of it and put it away and you entertain that, the Bible says if we, if we entertain or regard sin in our hearts, the Lord won't hear us when we do pray. And the same thing is true here. I believe with the lifting of our hands, if our hearts aren't right, 
if our hearts aren't right, then the lifting of our hands in church or anywhere else is no more than physical exercise. You get a little exercise out of it, but that's about it. Did you hear me? I said, did you hear me? And I've watched this over the many years where you get people that'll, that they'll, they'll come to church and they'll have their hand, they'll be doing the light bulb deal, they'll be doing the whole, the whole bit, you know. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking one lady way back, she'd come at that point, I mean, she was, but then she'd go right out and backbite, talk bad about folks. See, her heart wasn't right. Did you hear what I just said? So it's important that, that in our worship, that our hearts are right before the Lord. It's important that we're walking right before Him. And then when we pray, then when we sing to Him, then when we raise our hands to Him, then it's a blessing to Him. I said, then it's a blessing to Him. Um, There's a scripture, there's a passage in the Old Testament. I believe believe it was Hosea that dealt with it. I, I might be remiss on that but it's one of the prophets the Lord made a statement through him and he said this he said I don't look forward to your worship services the Lord said this through the prophet he said I don't look forward to your worship services he said I I just I can't I'm putting my own words now but he said I just can't stand when y'all have a worship service and and you why would God say that and as you get into it and read it's because the people weren't living right in their everyday life and they'd come on a, on a, on a, in our case, they'd come on a Sunday, or they'd come there on the Sabbath, and they'd, they'd, they'd worship the Lord, but, and they'd sing to Him and all that, but He said, it's like noise in my ears. I don't wanna, I don't wanna hear your worship if you're not living right during the week. Did you hear me? I've already, and I know growing up, there's one person I'm thinking about that was a, in my life way back many years ago. I would watch him go to, go to service on Sunday, but then they'd come home and they'd, 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 they'd cuss their mate out and they'd, they'd just, just act like the devil the other six days and then they'd go on Sunday and, and, and they went to church on Sunday. There's something wrong with that. Can anyone say amen? amen. And, and I'll tell you this much, the Lord's not just so much as interested in what you do here during the 45, well, for, Hour and, hour and 15 minutes on Sunday morning. He's not so much interested in that as he is what you're doing the rest of the week. Did you hear what I just said? Now he's interested in what you do here because the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. We need to come to church on a regular basis. Is that right? I said, is that right? And we need to come and we need to worship him and he is concerned with all that. Don't misunderstand me for a minute. But, but he's more concerned in what we're doing at Walmart. Is that right? He's more concerned what we're doing at work or when we're, when nobody's looking. And I tell you what, if we'll do what's right and walk right and have our heart with the Lord, uh, have our heart right with the Lord, then when we do come to church and we do raise our hands to him and we do raise our voice to him, then it's a blessing to him. Are you, are you okay with that? And I'm not saying any of us is perfect, but what I am saying is, is that we need to walk right before the Lord and our hearts need to be in our worship to Him. So Lamentations 3.41 says, let us lift our, lift our what? Our hearts first. See, hearts comes first. 
Let's lift our hearts to God, but then also, it says, lift our hands. Amen? Now, notice 1 Kings 8.22. 1 Kings 8.22. Let's turn there, if you would. Just a few more of these. 1 Kings 8.22. It's good to study the Word of God, isn't it? 1 Kings 8.22. And by no means am I saying that, you know, from now on, everybody has to raise their hands to the Lord here at the church. I'm not... I, I leave that between you and the Lord. I said, I leave that between you and the Lord. I said, I leave that between you and the Lord. I, I, you know, I just share and you do whatever you need to do on that. No pressure. I'm not going to be paying attention if you raise your hands or not. That's between you and the Lord. Because really, what difference does it make what I think? It's what the Lord thinks. Is that right? Okay. So you just do whatever... But I, I just felt in my heart I need to preach on this. Stick them up. All right, look at this here. First Kings eight twenty two. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord, and he stood in the presence of all the assembly, all the assembly of Israel. Now is he standing in front of people? Yeah. And what did he do? He spread out his hands toward heaven. Solomon was unashamed to raise his hands to the Lord before people. Amen? I said Solomon was unashamed to raise his hands before people in an assembly, before folks. Now I know this is something that I had a dickens of a time with, as I said a while ago. Is, uh, oh, he, she's fine. I taught junior high for a lot of years. <laughs> and, and believe me, that's nothing. I've had... You know, I haven't missed teaching junior high. <laughs> Sometimes people, oh, my baby cried. He's going to, that don't bother me. Hey, I've been, I've had spitballs and people, I've had every kind of thing you can imagine. So there's nothing that you can do that's going to throw me off. Now, what was I talking about? Solomon stood, did he stand where nobody could see him or did he stand where people could see him? He stood where, where everybody could see him. And then he raised his hands to the Lord. Is that right? And, and this is something that, that, that I know I had a dickens of a time with because, uh, I don't know, I was just, I don't know, when, when, when I'd go to church, I just, I don't know, I'm talking years ago when I first realized that, that this is a form of worship to the Lord, I, uh, I would uh, just struggle raising my hands to the Lord. I don't know, was I ashamed of the Lord? I, I wouldn't say I was ashamed of the Lord, but... Uh, but I guess maybe when you get right down to it, maybe I was ashamed of what people would think if I raised my hands to him. And so, uh, you just got to get over it. Realize, say, get over it. Get over. One more time, get over it. Get over. You just got to get over it. And just go ahead and uh, realize, say, stick them up. Stick up. Just stick them up. Just stick them up. And so I did that one day. And, uh, well, we've been, we've been doing that ever since. Um, you know, you need to think about it this way. Was Jesus lifted up on the cross for you? Yes. Yeah. And did he do that publicly? Yes. Yeah. So, so, so if, he, if he's unashamed to be lifted up in public for you, I, I, I thought of it this way. I mean, isn't the least I can do is in public raise my hands up to him and worship him? Did you ever think about it that way? I mean, because that, that is ultimately what 
What, uh, and, 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 and listen, I just, listen, this is more than about lifting your hands here this morning. I'm not talking about so much lifting the hands as I am lifting your what? Your heart. Again, I've seen people come to church, they raise their hands, but their heart's not in it. Not interested in it. God's interested in your what? In your heart. In your heart. But, but you know, when I heard somebody say this years ago, they said, they said, you know, Jesus was lifted up on the cross... For us, the least we can do is lift up our hands to him. Something to think about. Yeah, you, know, you do whatever you want with that. But uh, um, I remember this same fellow I'm thinking about made this statement, and, and it's good. I just feel impressed to say it right here. Uh, he heard somebody, this preacher heard somebody say one time, you know, it's just not convenient to come to church. He said, he heard this person say, because he asked him, why haven't you been in church for a while? And the person answered and said, it's just not convenient to come to church. And he answered him and he said this, you know, it wasn't convenient for Jesus to step out of eternity into time and, 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 and go from, and he never ceased being God, but he, as God, became a man, didn't he? Is that right? And, 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 and he came and he, he had the limitations that a man has. He was still God. He was still never ceased being 100% God, but he was 100% man. Have you ever thought about that? That wasn't real convenient, was it? To leave the, 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 the luxuries of glory in heaven and come down here in the earth and become a man. That's not convenient, is it? And then on top of that, it's not real convenient to go and have the, the tar whipped out of you, is it? And it's not convenient to go be nailed to a cross, is it? And it's not convenient to to bleed and die on the cross, is it? No, that's not convenient, is it? But Jesus did that for us. So the least we could do is come to church. Yeah, but it's not convenient. Well, it wasn't convenient for Jesus, but he did something for us. So if it's not convenient for us, we need to do it anyway. Come and bless him. Can you say amen? amen? Glory to God. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Nehemiah 8.5. Let's turn there and then we'll go to the New Testament. This is just another picture of hand lifting in the Old Testament. Now if you're visiting today, we spend the bulk of our time in the New Covenant. That's where we need to spend our time. You know, but uh, I've said this for years. You cannot, you cannot uh, have a full grasp of the New Testament unless you have a working knowledge of the Old. You know. Now notice here, Nehemiah 8 and 5. Do you have that? Nehemiah 8 and 5. Ezra, now Ezra was a, was a priest, you know, and a, a holy man. And, and if you study his life out, when he was private before the Lord, he'd raise his hands and, and, uh, and, and, and worship the Lord in private. You know, I, I'll say this. Uh, what you have a problem doing in private, you're going to have even a bigger problem doing in public. So you have problem worshiping the Lord in private, you're going to have a dickens of a time worshiping him in public. Did you get what I just said? But notice this, Ezra, he would worship the Lord in private. He'd raise his hands to him, worship his heart was in it. He opened the book, and this is the book of the law, on the side of all the people, for he was standing above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. Now let's go to the next verse, please. And uh, verse 6. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, then all the people answered, Amen and Amen, while what? While lifting up their hands 
And they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Notice though, they, 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 they worshiped the Lord. That's the important thing. And they lifted up their hands, didn't they? So it's very scriptural to come to the house of God and to raise our hands and worship to him. Now, let's go to the New Testament as I begin to close up the message. Let's go to 1 Timothy 2 and 8. 1 Timothy 2 and 8. Let's turn there. 1 Timothy 2 and 8. 1 Timothy 2 and 8. The Apostle Paul, speaking to Timothy, says this, I desire, therefore, that men, and he's talking to people, you know, men, women, boys, and girls, Pray everywhere. Pray everywhere. Now see, if the, whenever the Lord changes something from the Old Testament to the New, he makes it abundantly clear that he's changing it. Did, did you hear what I just said? Yes. So if he changes something, it, it, it's like the message of, of, of the law versus grace. When we moved from law to grace, I mean, he made a big deal about that in the New Covenant, didn't it? That we're under grace, not law. Is that right? So... So if he doesn't, if you see something going on in, in, in the Old Testament, like raising the hands, and he doesn't make a big deal to change it coming into the new, then, then you just go right on with it. Uh, much I could say about that, sake of time, let's move on. I desire, therefore, see this is in the, in the context of New Covenant. I desire, therefore, that men, women, boys, girls, pray everywhere. So this isn't just in the church setting. This is one place where you, 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 you would do this. Lifting up, what? Lifting up holy hands. But that next part is very important. Without what? Without wrath and doubting. See, that, that's an issue of the heart, isn't it? So see, he's after your heart. So lifting up your hands in church is meaningless unless your heart's in it without wrath and doubting. Some other Bible uh, translations say this, that we lift our, our holy hands without anger or disputing. Without anger or disputing. There's another, uh, there's several, several different you know, versions of the Bible. One translation is this. How many of you know there's only one Bible? Say amen. But, you know, there's different versions, King James, New King James, NIV, you know, and so on and so forth. So I'm just reading some of, some of the different ones. So without wrath and doubting, without anger or disputing, without anger, quarreling, resentment or doubt. So the Lord doesn't want us quarreling. He doesn't want us quarreling with one another. He doesn't want us quarreling with our spouse. Is that right? Without anger, quarreling, resentment, or doubt. Here's another one. That we lift up holy hands without wrath and dissension. Here's another one. Lift up holy hands free from anger and controversy. Did you know that there's a lot of angry people in the world? And there's a lot of angry people in churches. Did you know that? And I know the Bible says be angry and sin not, but so many of them are angry and they're sinning. And they're coming against one another. And they're fussing and they're fighting and they're quarreling and they're arguing. And you see, if you've got fussing and fighting and arguing and quarreling going on in your life, then that disqualifies you from, you know, I mean, you can raise your hands up to the Lord, but it's not going to be pleasing to the Lord. Did you hear me? Controversy. Some folks just love controversy. They just, contra, they want controversy all the time. I remember years ago, there was a couple that attended here, and uh, uh, she attended. He he came for about a month, and then and then, uh, but she went on for some time after that. 
And finally, one day, I, I pulled you know, out in the hall as I greet people as they, as they leave. I pulled her aside and I said to her, I said, you know, I haven't seen your husband in a while. Why, why you know, is he all right? And, and, you know, when folks hook in here and, and become, a, you know, become regular attenders, you know, then, then we have a responsibility to check up on him, you know, if we don't see him in, in a while. And so, uh, so I, I said to her, I said, uh, you know, I haven't seen your husband in a while. Is he, is he, is he doing all right? And oh, he won't come here anymore. I said, well, now, why is that? And she said, because there's no controversy here. There's not a soap opera atmosphere here. He likes to go to a church where there's a soap opera atmosphere and where there's controversy. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? But that lady stood right back there at the door and told me that. Said, I like to go to a church where there's fussing and, and, and arguing. You know, that's one of the reasons we've been able to go 19 years and start from scratch. We've gone 19 years and we're still going today. Everything's paid off. All the needs are met. Isn't that wonderful? Because we don't tolerate an atmosphere of strife. Did you hear me? There's no place for that. I do not like a soap opera atmosphere. Somebody say amen. amen. We come here to be happy and bless the Lord. We don't come here to quarrel and fuss and fight over about what color the wall is going to be. Somebody say amen to that. Lifting up holy hands without wrath and dissension. Lift up holy hands free from anger and controversy. Lift up holy hands free from sin, anger, and resentment, as one translation says. Here's another tra- translation says this way. Lift up holy hands, not shaking angry fists at enemies, but raising holy hands to God. Do you like that? Not shaking. See, we, our, 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 our hands aren't to shake an angry fist. You know, I've actually seen this. I, now, I've never seen it here, but I've seen it in days gone by where uh, <laughs> when we were attending Bible school, I saw this a couple of times because it was the, the, when the school let out, the parking and getting out of the parking lot was crazy. And I'd actually see people, I mean, Christ, Christians, people going to Bible school on a couple of occasions where they, you know, somebody'd butt in front of them and they'd shake their hands at one another, you know. You know, we ought to be doing that as Christians. We should prefer our brothers, is that right? If somebody cuts us off in traffic, we ought to just pray for them, is that right? Boy, I tell you, I didn't get many amens on that at all. How many has ever been cut off in traffic? How many you wanted to pray for them? No. You want to take them out, you want to take them out in time to a tree and pray for them with a whip, is that right? Okay, now get your hearts right with the Lord. Our hands are meant for blessing, not for beating people up, is that right? Now, I do believe in defending ourselves if, we, if we're attacked. Now, don't misunderstand me, but, you know, if somebody cuts you off in the, in the parking lot on the way out today, don't shake a fist at them. <laughs> or anything else at them. <laughs> let's, let's move on. You getting anything out of this today? Are you learning anything? I'm going to close right here, Exodus 17. Let's... So I don't want to keep you too long. I'm not boring you all, am I? No. 
Let's close with this. Exodus 17, verse 9. Moses said to Joshua, you remember those two guys, don't you? Choose us some men and go out and fight with Amalek. He is an evil individual. So tomorrow I'll stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. Now, that rod that he held in his hand represented his, it, it was his staff. Realize, say, say his staff. His staff. Now, now we're going to, as I close the message, you're going to learn something here about hand raising, all right? But I want you to see a bigger thing in this about lifting one another up. Now, I want you to watch this. The staff that he held in his hand, you know, people that volunteer around here, or let me ask you this. If, uh, if you have people that work for you, they're commonly known as your what? As your staff, your employees or your staff. And staff can be paid or they can be volunteer, okay? All right? And so either you have a staff or you're, most people either have a staff or more people yet are part of a staff. You either are an employer or more people yet are an employee. You work for somebody. So when Moses has that stick in his hand, that rod, it represents his what? His, his staff, okay? Now notice here, Moses said to Joshua, choose us some men and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I'll stand at the top of the hill with the rod or the staff of God in my hand. Now notice verse 10. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses, when he did what? Held up his hand, Israel prevailed. So when he held up his hand... Israel was winning. And when he did what? When he let down his hand, Amalek, the evil guy, and his army prevailed. So based on that, we ought to keep our, we ought to stick them up. Is that right? Is that right? But Moses' hands became heavy. So they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it, and Aaron and her which is part of, they worked for him. They were his, his staff, his physical staff. Aaron and her, what did they do? Supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were what? Steady. So you had Aaron and her, one on one side, one on the other, holding Moses' hands up. Why did you want his hands held up? Because as long as his hands are held up, uh, the evil people are going to be defeated. Is that right? And God's people are going to advance and win. And so that's why Aaron on one side, her on the other, to keep Moses' hands up. And they kept his hands up and steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Now, isn't that wonderful? So, so we're talking about stick them up, raising our hands and all that. But here's the thing. Think about this. Moses, as long as he... What did he have in his hand? He had the staff, the rod, the staff. As long as he held up his staff, and as long as his staff were holding him up, they prevailed and the enemy was defeated. But when Moses' hands, when his staff was put down, guess what? Amalek prevailed and the devil prevailed. So I want to leave you with this thought. 
Whether you raise your hands in church or not, that's between you and the Lord. But one thing we must always do. I must always lift you up. And you should always lift me up. And whether you attend here or wherever it is you go to church, you need to be supportive of your pastor and your pastor needs to be supportive of you. You know, I've actually observed this over the years where sometimes there's an adversarial role that develops between the leader and the people. And why that is, I, I, I don't fully understand it. I could talk about some reasons why I think that is. But you see it with Moses and the people, don't you? And, and was Moses a good leader? Sure he was. But there was like, would they, would they grumble about Moses behind his back and talk bad about him and all that? Would they do that? Yeah, I mean, he just hit, I mean, at one point he hit, he hit the rock and the water came out for him. And then within just a short time, they're grumbling. Is that right? I mean, he just brought him out of bondage. Is that right? And brought him across the Red Sea and brought him out of bondage. And within just a short time, they're grumbling and complaining about him. Is that right? And things never did go right for the people as long as that was going on in their life. But in this case here, when they held up Moses and he held them up, when they held him up and he held them up, they prevailed. And that's another reason why we've been able to go 19 years, start from scratch, go 19 years, still going. All the needs are met is because we've always had a core group of people I've always done my best to hold you up and lift you up. I haven't always been perfect, but I've always done my best to hold you up and lift you up. And we've always had a core group of people that has held us up and lifted us up. And if you'll do that, you'll prevail. I'm not always here to tell you what you want to hear. I am here to tell you the truth of the Word of God. Did you hear what I just said? You don't ever want a man of God up standing up trying to entertain you for 45 minutes and tell you a bunch of jokes. I mean, we had some jokes at the beginning and all that. That's fine. We do that once in a while. But, but if that's all you're getting, you, then, then this is no more a church. It's become a social club. Did you hear me? I said, did you hear me? But, but you want me up here loving you, lifting you up, encouraging you. And if your feet need, if your toes need stepping on, you want me to take the word of God and step on them. Is that right? Not just myself ignorantly just being, but I'm t- saying take the word. If your toes need stepping on, you should want me to take the word of God and lovingly step on them. Is that right? So you can get them healed up and get things right. Is that right? But, I, but, but, but you see, I'm supposed to lift you up and encourage you and hold you up and I do my best to do that. And then you're supposed to do that back towards us. And if you'll do that, things will go well for, for a church, go well for you in your everyday life. Can you say amen? amen? Stand with me if you would. Stand with me. Praise God. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Hope you got something out of this today. I've never taught on this before. I don't know why the Lord had me on it today, but, you know, he runs the pulpit around here. And so uh, we just do our best to follow him. Amen. Praise God. Now, the heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're here today and you've never repented of your sins and received Jesus into your heart, If you've never repented of your sins and received Jesus,